I give up trying to intro the show with the intro music from now on. I could listen to that for an hour. I mean, what the heck? But there's Greg hoisting. It's what time in the morning? Hot water. What? What? Hoisting what? You're a musician, so it's okay. Yeah, I'm drinking hop water. I mean, that's how bad things are. You know. Hop water? Yeah, well, that's yeah, what it hop says. Water. Hop water. There's no... But what can <laughs> I say? Co- wow. We have to just... COVID, it's delayed things. Seems like it's been seven years gone, but it's only... Uh, two and a half, maybe. But we're really thrilled to have back our friends from DVC. That's what dream, visualize, create. I thought it was going to be... I was going to say conquer. Uh, <laughs> we're really we'd love to do finally that. coming back in June from the 9th <laughs> to the 16th with their first production. And we're very lucky to have in the studio Artemis and, of course, Mario. Hi. Ah, hello. Hey. Good to be back. And they look like Marvin the Martian a little, or Bane with that on. <laughs> <laughs> look like Bane just a little bit. <laughs> I am in full-on uh, lockdown uh, safety mode. And we appreciate, you know, we're very safe in the studio. We appreciate it. But yeah. once, just a little background, because we've been a while. How did you start DVC? So back in the previous millennium, uh, <laughs> in the year 1999, Ooh. I began my illustrious teaching career for the Rochester City School District. I uh, will skip some years in between, but um, essentially the second uh, year of teaching, um, I uh, just put together some after-school club at the recommendation of my uh, supervisor, and um, I thought, well, uh, we'll have it be this sort of a little drama club. We'll get together and talk about things we enjoy watching, movies and stuff, and do little skits and monologues, and uh, my sibling MJ is a... a, a uh, an actor by profession. And picks on me on every play almost. He singles me out during them. Well, that's <laughs> kind of how MJ rolls. But um, but so, uh, you know, my family's kind of always had that connection. That's where some interest, um, lot, where the interest was for me. And I found some art, artsy kids. And uh, so it's obviously grown. In 2011, it became a community theater uh, group. Mm-hmm. Um, DVC became a, a Rochester Community Theater group that still has uh, um, students from where I work, Wilson Mangan High School, and uh, most of DVC is comprised of graduates of Wilson Mangan High School, and we also have uh, other artists from the community, and then together we sort of create um, what we think is uh, a very important uh, um, facet that needs to be in society, which is creating theater that is socially conscious and relevant and affordable and uh, mm-hmm. and um, can make an impact on, you know, the, the community at large. So that's the sort of stuff that we've done. Um, it's expanded and shifted and grown over the two decades. We had would have had our 20th anniversary uh, show in celebration back in 2020, but something <laughs> happened. I don't remember what it was. We had to cancel it. And then uh, in 2021, we were going to do it, but then something happened. I don't remember what it was. Pretty you sure have a lot was. of things happening that you don't know about. <laughs> hey, that's what was, brings us together. I think it was the same thing. What do you know? And now in 2022, we're still not doing that production yet. We're holding off on it. Because that same something that you don't know about has happened. Uh, okay. it's, it's Let's all just up call it there. that, too. We use the word too much. Let's just use that. <laughs> 
<laughs> something. But Artemis, were you just like artistic person? Are you graduate or uh, I've seen you in a yeah. lot of stuff, but I have no freaking idea. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, it's cool. Um, yeah, I actually uh, did go to Wilson as well. I was in <laughs> Mario's classes. It was. Well, don't great. shake your head. It was... <laughs> <laughs> he just misses those times where we would share snacks. And everyone would look at us like, what is going on here? He'd just be in the middle of teaching and walk over and take the snacks off my desk. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> I would also like to point out, I don't know that I've ever actually heard Artemis call me Mario. That might have been the very first I time. I think so, yeah. And it's quite this uncomfortable. shows casualness just right. effects. <laughs> <laughs> Please, I could get reported for this. <laughs> but yeah, I, um, I knew that he was doing a drama club. I'd always been... Uh, I was doing... Uh, acting when I was younger in fifth grade I did uh, a play on the westward expansion and I got to play Sacagawea and everything oh, cool. and I made a lot of money off of that too oh yeah <laughs> just rolling in I've it I've seen the <laughs> coins I've seen the coins about as much as she made probably <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> um, but yeah so I was always very interested in it and then I came in after school during eighth grade and loved every bit of it and have stayed here since even got a tattoo of it actually what what's the dvc what does it stand for i was late to the party here so i didn't uh, he's a drummer remember <laughs> so, no, no. so it stands for dream visualize create okay uh, and i looked it up on my process. phone before i came in so yeah, i could no, pretend sorry i'm ill prepared today <laughs> well, I mean, uh, there's a there's a thing behind that too but yeah. i don't know how much we want to reveal here but it's up to you. The, you know, you always keep them wanting more. Keep them wanting more, remember. All I'm saying is the letters <laughs> DVC had to mean something, so we had to create something for them. All right, there you go. Yeah. Because people like Artemis, who'd been around for, I don't know, I don't want to throw, like 10 years. Oh, yeah, well, over mean, 10 least, years. Right? Yeah. We've done shows with us for, you know, uh, over a decade. Yeah. Have it tattooed on their bodies and stuff. So <laughs> it's going to have to be DVC that, forever, even if we change what it might mean. Yeah. That speaks to the quality of it, though, and how much people enjoy it. Uh, and what I, well, what I always something. like, I've always said, like, I've been doing this for <laughs> senior shows pro for years, <laughs> like when I was in my twos, because I'm not that old. Right. But. <laughs> It's right. my show. You can lie about your age on your own show. Definitely younger than Artemis. Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh yeah. yeah. I'm like 103 <laughs> now. It's uh, it's been a long journey. In the shade. <laughs> but what I've always liked is both two things: the diversity and how you tackle interesting off the off the beaten path plays and stuff. Mm. You don't just go like pick something. Well, everybody's done this one. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah, and I, what do you how where does that come from is it you who finds it does some of your students suggest it maybe does somebody suggest it uh well we do have a board that discusses these things and we're a very collaborative group um but when we dvc was in its uh full swing pre-covid we were usually doing about three different things a year and mm -hmm. uh i was always joking that it was uh sort of this uh, sort of old school traditional. We're very traditional. So, like a traditional <laughs> wedding, you have something old, new, and then something borrowed. We've never. I don't is it blue we, though? Well, most things we do <laughs> are pretty sad. Yeah. Um, so what we do is we like to reinvent old pieces. So we're not uh, against doing something that has been around a long time. We we like to do uh, Shakespeare. Yes. If you recall mm -hmm. the, the last show DVC did yes. way back in the year twenty nineteen, which I also love, and it's Rosen. 
some Russian Jelena or something. I never pronounced it right. We've done it on here. Ruslana Correct. and Yelena. Actually, I was quite the name. I had like the letter right at least. You did. You got the J. <laughs> this and this this person saying so lots of me actually played Yelena, which would be I of course, did. the yeah. Russian Juliet. We staged it in modern day Russia. And it had and the twist ending a little bit, which you did not expect out of the blue. <laughs> yeah. I teach Shakespeare, I love Shakespeare, but I think you can have respect for Shakespeare and still twist and turn and mutilate it into any way you need to, to get across, in, uh, to make it relevant. Exactly. And in this case, it was uh, to talk about, uh, to, to um, kind of explore this idea of Russia's anti-gay agenda back mm-hmm. when that was uh, Russia's biggest problem. Um, and uh, that was that when that was the dumbest thing Russia was doing. Yeah, uh, and um, and so we decided that that uh, we would have these two characters that uh, these two girls would would fall in love, and then the tragedy would befall. Is obviously their families dealt with that. Uh, Ruslana's family, Romeo's, was uh, a bit more um, uh, liberal minded, mm-hmm. and uh, Yelena's was uh, sort of. Um, closed down traditional czarist. So, so anyway, that's the kind of stuff that we like to do is change and modify. But we also like to bring in a lot of new uh, material. The Sav siblings, myself and MJ, <laughs> um, do either find things that we like that people we know are, have created, or we like to create things ourselves. Mm-hmm. And uh, this actual show, um, the dialogue was uh, was written um, by me. And uh, it was a a product of um, I just look around at the world and go, okay, what's something that we can you know um, explore through the medium of art? Yeah. And uh, it's tricky because I'm not going to call it a sequel. <laughs> I'm definitely not going to say it's part two because it's not. It is it is its own story. Is it However, the ne- is it the next day? Uh, it, it is. <laughs> It is, in fact, seven years later. What? As the show is called Seven Years Gone. Ah, very good. Good tie-in. It is a separate (laughs) uh, standalone piece that explores issues from the perspective of characters that were already in existence Mm -hmm. um, because we created a show, um, well, it actually was six years ago, but the show took place the year before we produced it. So it's still seven years, technically. That's a good um, idea. Yeah. Artistic yeah. license, close and, enough. Well, yeah. <laughs> right. Um, and so, Seven's a cool number, too. It sounds better. It is. It's a lucky also, number. Also, the Richie Sambora song is called Seven Years Gone. Yep. So it was a little weird to incorporate that song and have it not be seven years. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so it's a return to a show. So uh, there was this show, which we called Junk. Uh, which, you know, and this has as many meetings as we could. But the we idea was, this was, by the way, the last show I ever did in my high school. I don't know if there's a coincidence or not. Hmm. We did this musical about all these people addicted to heroin. And, uh, <laughs> and <laughs> so fun. And um, one, the premise is that one of them dies, one of the circle of friends dies. And then mm-hmm. all of them are dealing with uh, how, how to come to terms with their own addictions or the loss of their friend. And, of course, we see the significant other of the, the dead person with the brother. You know, all of these people looking at it from a different perspective. Mm-hmm. And then we have Artemis, who plays the character of Kennedy, Whee! who comes <laughs> in to the group as an outsider. Kennedy is not a part of the group when, they, uh, when this happens. She comes in and uh, interacts with them through this process. Mm-hmm. But, alas, Kennedy is, of course, using drugs. 
And so this is uh, this creates a lot of the conflict in the first show, which ran over the course of, say, a week or so. I could not write anything over the pandemic. I was not feeling very creative in that regard at all. And when it became obvious that it was time for DVC to try to make a comeback of some kind, we... Um, uh, the only thing that came to me was these characters' voices saying, well, this story's not over yet. And uh, so then I wanted to tell a different story using six of the eight original characters. Um, I checked with the actors to see if they were available. That's my special effects machine. Yeah. Um, we love that on the show, though. We love, like, that's why it's live. It's not live, but we love little, like, my phone will go off. Or <laughs> Greg's got the bat phone there yeah, it goes off <laughs> it's not live but it might as well be uh, yeah so, we don't cut it out <laughs> right so um so and and so and then i continue to tell that story now obviously their journey they're in a different place uh the music we've incorporated is different the vibe of the show is different the concept all of that stuff is has um you know taken on this this new entity but um as it turns out the idea of exploring people's struggles with addiction is not an outdated concept uh, mm-hmm. Though it would be great if it were, yeah. Um, and so characters like uh, Kennedy and five others have returned, um, uh, and so now here's a different story with these people. So, and the one thing I'm just going to cool. go back for just one second on our usual tangents, but like just just very briefly, like Shakespeare. I consider this like I've been talking to some friends, so I've seen play out about folk music because they play. And one of my friends who did Scarborough Fair was like, I always goof up the lyrics, and I said, look. It's a folk song. It's meant to be reinterpreted for the times, changed yep. around. Take any folk song from the original. It's like from point A to point here, changed around. So I think classic material like that, I mean, it was like, you know, 1600s around there. Yeah. Close enough. Uh, but, okay, we're a little far from there. It's time we could change it up, add stuff to it. Right. Yeah. And everything else. Have yeah. you ever tried doing a... I know this is going to sound weird. Have you ever thought the kids could get into doing a silent movie? Like an old Buster Keaton-ish? Like uh, the old You know what, I'll, I'll interrupt for one second, though. I think, see, to me, you can tell me what you think. I think in terms of writing, some comedy might be the hardest to pull off, too. It's tricky. We don't do yeah. very much. I mean, my thing is... You put humor in it. You could put humor right. in everything. But kids can be very expressive. If they don't have to talk, they'll come up with something. I, 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 it is true that... Um, uh, that is an interesting concept. So one thing, and this is not exactly what you're talking about, but we did take on the challenge of doing this show called Black Comedy, mm-hmm. uh, which is this, the trick is that it's on stage and the lights are off. Oh, yeah, I when do remember that. Off, oh, how cool. Yeah. It's supposed to be everyone can see, and when the lights are on, everyone's in the dark. So all the actors on stage do spend most of the play fumbling around in the dark, or exercising. Oh, right. Or that. <laughs> and then someone lights a match, and then the lights come on, which means the lights dim. So that's, of course, not exactly what you're talking about, but I guess well, it is comedy, and it does have that kind of... It's like that noise is off thing. Yeah. And you were in the audience. Like, I was in the audience, and I didn't know what to expect. And I was like, we have a power outage? No. Yeah. <laughs> the then, then I got it. You the know, first five like, minutes of the show were in darkness. Yeah. Dark. And uh, people walked onto the stage acting like they can see. So, yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> oh, how did you do I that like with, that. like, out, like, not yeah, running into each other and everything? Uh, it was a good show. There were some tricks, but, I mean, obviously everyone had been on the stage so much they knew where everything was. A couple of well-placed pieces of glow tape. Mm-hmm. And also... Um, they weren't moving around as much as you thought they were. It just sounded like they were because you couldn't see them. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. A little, yeah. Use it. Make it 
simple. You know, keep it simple. Keep it simple. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know, we're as community theater artists, we've all had many times where we've stayed into the wee hours of the morning at Muck before, so we're pretty familiar with the space. (laughs) Yeah, we've been there (laughs) quite a bit, I'd say, in the week preceding every single show. Yeah. But and we never do like the top ten or whatever. But what is like artists? What would you consider? Maybe in the top range of your most challenging role you ever done for DVC. Hmm. weren't expecting that one. I was not expecting that one. I have to ask the deep one. questions every now I and then. I like it. <laughs> hmm. Well, doesn't this be the top one? Whatever comes to your head. I'm not. Because <laughs> well, well, I have no way of knowing whether you're lying or not. Was yeah, there one that, that gave true. you more problems? And or I've more never, prep I've never time been one of those. Or? Like, what's your number mm-hmm. one all-time album, movie, all that stuff? Yeah. So whatever, yeah. whatever pops in your head today is your toughest role. Mm-hmm. Besides being on the show with us idiots, he's <laughs> 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 Um, well, I'm not quite. I'd have to do a lot more thinking to know about like my toughest ones, but I do know that like. So, Ruslana and Yelena was always, like, one of my favorites, and I did, like, put a lot into it, especially because of the fact that, like, she was a much more, like, girly character, and she was more reserved, you know, she wasn't from the lenient family, and, um, you know, there were a lot of different mannerisms and the way we had to speak and the, you know, kind of floating across the stage and things like that. Um, I also loved Titus Andronicus, that was... That was a I really, had to hand really it to Pat one. on that one. Yeah. yeah. He did a great job in that. Yeah, Artemis was our Aaron. That yeah. is a tricky role to pull off. I loved every minute of it. The viciousness <laughs> was just so good. <laughs> we, do, we modernize these shows, but we keep the Shakespearean I swear, language. And so it, it's, it's, it's like the it's like the supposedly like the heel pro wrestlers. Like the nicer the person you are, the more you like playing the evil people. It's <laughs> like you just get the kick out of it. Well, like, well love. that's accurate. Hey, <laughs> I'm nice sometimes. <laughs> um, so I know what it was like. It was really interesting for me. One of the most exciting things about doing this was. Uh, before I wrote the characters back into the show, I contacted everyone that played the character mm-hmm. back in the original production, and I said, do you want to do this? And they, everyone, so I couldn't have all eight return. Two people were completely unavailable, yeah. um, living on the other side of the United States and such. But <laughs> six of them, five of them, said yes. And so I wrote the characters into the show. And so for me, one of the coolest parts of this whole process has been working with all of these people, some of whom I haven't worked with since that show, Others yeah. that I've worked with on other shows. But it's been two and a half years at least for all of us. So to, like, we're revisiting the characters, but we're also revisiting our connections with each other. Mm-hmm. And we're also kind of figuring out where we are as actors and writers and directors and artists and what that brings to the show now. So, like, for example, obviously, the character of Kennedy is in a very different place than she yeah. was. Uh, and so it's interesting to, like, look at that. That's been probably, for me, the most rewarding part so far of the process. Can you maybe talk a little really about good. some of the other actors and their parts just briefly? Sure. Yeah. Do you want to do that or do you want me to do that? Yeah, you can start off with that. Uh, so, um, <laughs> MJ Savistano is returning in the show as the character of Lane, Yay. who is uh, further along through, was was actually clean um, years ago. So, mm-hmm. and is, is in, um, you know, in... The, most of the characters fall into their late 20s. Lane is a little bit older than that and has had more experiences with this and is kind of a mentor character. Yeah. Um, and then uh, we have uh, Peyton, who has uh, 
all of these characters at this point have been off of, of drugs for some time, or most of them, who are struggling with trying to find their place. Peyton is a very business-oriented, go-getter sort of person, and so she's sort of struggling with this idea of, if I don't stop, I don't have to deal with anything. Mm-hmm. You know. Meanwhile, we have Jesse, who is um, who lost his brother to, to drugs and is going through this process of trying to have an intimate relationship, find someone to connect with and share a life with, but do that while still carrying the baggage of his past. Um, and uh, and I'll let I'll let Artemis talk to you about what Kennedy's deal is right now. Uh, so Kennedy's deal, Kennedy was dating uh, someone in, in the group, but um, while they were, like, so Kennedy was still using while the other character was uh, sober. So that was a, a huge thing with them. And it, like, you know inspired them because they were in love and they could fight through this together and she could be saved and everything and um you know now it's she's going and they're not together anymore and now she is really struggling to you know cope with having that unknown thing that we don't know about just keep on happening and (laughs) you're not able to connect with other people so you know, being alone and trying not to use again is a very hard thing. So, you know, then they have their, uh, you also end up meeting up with their sponsor and there's kind of a little bit of interest there. So that's also another layer to that that is really hard to work through. We brought in four new characters uh, to, to establish with relationships with these people. And so the relationship that Kennedy has is with this character of Julian, who's Kennedy's sponsor played by Caleb Wiggins. And um, and so each of these characters, uh, you know, at Lane, who I mentioned earlier, is uh, having relationship issues also with a new character named Taylor, played by Alexis Maxim. Um, and so, uh, and Peyton goes, travels for business, and has the, the youngest member of our show, Shay, who um, has been waiting a long time to be in her second DVC show. Yeah. <laughs> She's now <laughs> in college. Uh, um, but uh, it was great to bring her in. And then we mm-hmm. also brought in Katie Keating to play the character that's in the relationship with uh, Kevin Chava's character, Jesse. So, um, and then the whole thing sort of circles around our, our, our last uh, other character, um, Hayden, who is sort of the narrator of the story. She's the one that speaks directly to the audience. Um, she's the one that... And she's the one that we find out really early in the show has fallen back into her habits of of using Mm. and is uh, struggling with that process. And so she kind of becomes the person that takes us through the journey of the show more directly by speaking, um, you know, to you sitting there watching the show. So I have a question. Uh, I've always been fascinated by these, these overdose stories because it seems to me, I'm just saying this as a person that doesn't, never wants to do heroin, okay? Mm. Why do kids get into heroin? I mean, I'm kind of assuming that each one of these characters has a different reason why they're in the situation they're in, mm-hmm. and and that probably you cover that. But I could never understand in this day and age with everybody knowing what it does to you and that it's addictive, why anybody delves into that. Yeah. One of the things I really want to focus on with this show is, jokingly, Hayden talks about this, it's that we're looking at the boring aspects of addiction. It's <laughs> right. the idea of how do people struggle day by day to go through things. Because it's really, you know, sad. It's sad and tragic 
when people die, you know, the, the overdose, the struggle, all of that stuff. But, it's you know, addicts spend their whole lives on one level or another going through this process. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I the idea that it's the end of something, you know, the story's over. I mean, it, it's, it, it's, it's not, right? It's this continual struggle. So that's one of the things the show deals with a lot is this idea of how these people just kind of keep going day to day, even if they haven't used in years, even if it's just sitting in the back of their heads, it has in some way affected their lives. How they get there, um, I think part of the issue is that we have a lot of people, uh, well, I mean, there's so many things we can talk about. We talk about the Mm -hmm. medical industry prescribing uh, painkillers and opiates uh, excessively, and then people taking them and supposedly not and then the doctor saying okay you can't take them anymore because you know maybe they had an injury or something that resulted mm-hmm. in them needing painkillers and then realize that like seeking them out other places very easy to become addicted to these things yeah there's also the idea a lot of drug users don't know exactly what they're taking because <clears throat> we have situations now where uh you know even something as powerful as deadly as heroin can be considerably more deadly uh, because this stuff is manufactured and 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 right. laced with more addictive and dangerous material, and so so yeah. that's a lot of um, uh, that that struggle uh, comes from. I think it's very easy for people to fall into it, and of course, we all know for whatever reason, someone can you know do drugs a number of times and walk away from it. Alcohol, same situation, and for whatever reason, other people right. uh, just they it. it touches them in a different way mm-hmm. and their struggle becomes more serious and uh and and you know there, there's a genetic component to that there's so many things yeah a societal component and unfortunately the amount of overdoses and struggles that we're having with drugs at a time where we're in a pandemic is significant it was hard and, to I, and I have my own story about that when i was last year in the hospital they gave me vicodin and they gave me it to once they gave me some to take home and they said, be really careful <laughs> yeah and i wouldn't take it. I have enough yeah. like issues in my family with substance abuse and addiction that I just took it when Wegmans had the rethink, I just threw it out. Mm. I just didn't want to touch it. But I've seen and people don't get I don't think anybody who doesn't struggle with addiction doesn't get it is something that's gonna be with you for life. So yeah. data and you're not weak and you should these days the only thing I like these days, I think more you're more willing it's like get help, okay? Talk to somebody. I think more people know it's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's not a stigma. No, it's a you know, it's a problem you have, and you want to help, get help for it. Don't is there some sort of weird? I don't want to use the word twisted, but is it some sort of strange club, like a sense of belonging? Like at least I have something I'm in, having. Well, like drugstore cowboy There's or something. That type like, of move. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you're getting off of if you if you're in a situation where you're trying to get out of an addictive situation, you often have to change your entire environment because right. it has become a group. Yeah, you have this to get away from your friends together. and stuff. Right. Yeah. And uh, this group is struggling to maintain friendships and support each other. But the reality is that you know they all have this uh, struggle with addiction, and the show, the show deals with that. It also deals with relationships that they have with people who are not addicts mm-hmm. and uh, Interesting. the complications of that. So, And I wonder, yeah. like, too, if you could ever, unless you are, if you can, you can try to be empathetic, but can you understand it? Right. That's the thing. You know, and I know, like, one of my, my dear friends, he's struggled with alcoholism his whole life, and he finally fell off again. I always say, look, we're all behind you. I have faith in you. Just get back up. Start day one. Mm-hmm. Right. 
And you know, we got a job. He's just going. And I think also one of the big things for addiction. And I I'll, I bring up like Alice Cooper, where he said the addict's problem is time. Yeah. So that's why he golfs. He says and he never gets tired of golf because he says I'm never going to get the perfect score. So he it's like four hours. <laughs> so he golfs every day. Yeah. We do have so we have live music in the show. It is incorporated. It's not a yeah. musical per se, but we like to do this thing where we incorporate music significantly into the production. And we do have a <laughs> uh, we have a band. We have a, a keyboardist who is doing her, her very first show with us. She is also awesome. a student at Wilson. We have uh, an acoustic guitar player uh, who is also our musical director, Doug Waterman. He's done many shows with us, and uh, we're adding some percussion. Uh, Eric Snell, who graduated from Wilson and has also been waiting two and a half years to do a show. <laughs> um, and uh, the three of them uh, are, uh, um, you know, performing music live for during during the production. The idea is to use the music to, of course, pursue the themes and capture the ideas that we're expressing in a different way than we see in the dialogue and the interaction with the. And that's some of the fun mm-hmm. shows you've always had, where they've had you've had music singing themed shows where you pick an artist and you do a thing surrounding. And didn't Vanessa yeah. Carlton even say send you a message or something? Vanessa Carlton did, did. Yeah. and I'm glad that she's a fan of the show because that is the show that we're going to do for our 20th anniversary. We're redoing well, how did I know that? Because we've been talking about it for a long time. Yeah. Um, this this production, uh, I chose uh, music largely by people who. Um, well, there's songs that struggle with addiction and ideas like that. So I mentioned Richie Sambora earlier, the guitarist of Bon Jovi, his solo work. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, Demi Lovato and uh, Connor Oberst, um, all artists who have, uh, and, and Lord, who struggle with addictions of a different kind. Mm-hmm. Um, you could but Keith Richards. We, we, we did not. <laughs> um, I don't know if you, you got the part about where we try to make the show timely. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, he's fine. Keith is doing great. Uh, so, um, but I, obviously I wanted songs that, that dealt with this idea of isolation and struggle mm-hmm. and and uh, the idea of how do we, um, well, I mean, these artists are expressing their struggles with life and their addiction through their art, mm-hmm. and that's obviously what we're doing through this. I was going to say, yeah. in general, too, like the kids who come into this, are they basically, it's like, a lot, I know I come back from more of a musician background, like offstage, are a lot of them really shy, but it's like, you get to play, the thing is, I've always seen that, I've seen it with drag queens an awful lot, too, where mm-hmm. in person, they're like the most shy people, but it's a way of Playing a character mm-hmm. and coming out of that. I think I see that. And in music, too, I know a lot of, like, your crazy musicians on stage, they're, like, incredibly shy off stage. Right. Like, even Greg, who's, like, on stage, he's, like, you know, insane. Bombastic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I, for lack of a better word. You know, the best example, yeah. I have the cramps, Ivy and Lux. If you ever met him, my brother met him. He used to work at one of the record companies. He said, you met him off stage. They're the shyest, most humble people you ever knew. Well, if you see him though, on stage, he's trying to cut himself, run all around. <laughs> well, yeah, you do a persona. I mean, that's just, yeah. you hide behind it, sort of. It's like your secret thing, you know? Right. I mean, I watch myself on these videos, and I look like I'm just like, you know, I could be doing something else. I'm just like, I have no expression on my face. I'm just kind of playing, because I'm so, it's so second nature to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't go out of my way to, like, do anything weird. Yeah. You know, because I just like playing. And I started looking. I'm going, man. I gotta ramp it up a little bit. I gotta. I don't spin my. I don't spin my sticks. I don't do anything. That's the performance yeah. part to this performance. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> but I was gonna say one thing in terms of like your kids and stuff. When you bring something in a play, do you do it having 
like parts in mind for people you're working with, or do they just try out for them and see who's the best? Or? Uh, so let's answer. I'll answer that previous question and transition into this one. I think first of all, when I use the, we're using the term kids here, and so yeah, I'm, that's what I mean. I'm, I'm at an age. Not. No, no, I, I'm just pointing out. I'm at an age where Artemis is the kids, right? But let's, <laughs> what that well, means, you are the old person here. We're all in our twenties. What, what, oh, yeah. what that means is someone I knew as a teenager who was involved in DVC and still. I was is. thinking of your students to a, more than right. That. We yeah. get to a certain age. Every, like the, the term "kid" changes quite a bit. So yes, I totally all my twenty-somethings. Not goats. <laughs> all my twenty-somethings in the show. I mean, I'm a yes, goat. Sorry, yeah. you're kids. Uh, and yes, some of them are very. We're kind of an anti-theater. Be, uh, yeah, these are anti-theater kid theater kids. Yeah, we so really. I don't are. know if you want to talk about that a little bit, but yeah. Um. So that. The, that definitely uh, did happen for me. I was definitely, you know, one of the Shire kids. And it's, like, so I also uh, was born with a blood disorder. I was born with sickle cell anemia. And um, that also, which I wanted to bring up before, because um, I also had a similar thing where, you know, it's a really big, it's a very, very painful um, thing to go through. We, I am in pain every single second of my life and did not know that people existed without pain. And also on top of that, I have these things called crises where I go through debilita- debilitating pain at any point in time. Um, so, you know, I get a lot of pain prescriptions because of that. And I don't, you know, always take it the exact way I'm prescribed because I would be an addict, you know, or because there are people that have, you know, different proclivities and like some people have addictive personalities to substances or addictive personalities to people, which is something that also we explore in here. Uh, Kennedy definitely has an addictive personality to substances and people. Um, so, you know, but... Where was I going with that? I think where you are going with it was the uh, fact that you're in theater because you're Oh, weird. yes, yes. Very weird. Uh, also <laughs> yeah, very shy. and <laughs> Yeah, so I always, you know, I grew up having to learn how to adapt and be different and not be able to do everything that all of my friends could do. And, you know, I was very shy. I always liked reading all the time. I would just get my work done and be quiet. Yeah, I just grew into an even more fantastical nerd. So, so in answer to your question about are there people in mind, I mean, Certainly, so we we obviously have people that we've worked with um, in the Rochester community a lot, supporters of DVC shows, obviously Patrick White being one of them, many mm-hmm. other people that have participated in DVC shows, multiple shows that we love having uh, as part of our group. And so um, it certainly, there. whenever we're going to do a show, I kind of look around and go, okay, you know, like we have a community of, of actors and people that we work with. And I'll say that again. I'll just interrupt though. This is like for Rochester, we're blessed by the talent we have here in the art and everything. We yeah. really are. So much theater going on and so much all of the art. Well, you there mm-hmm. was before something. Now it's back a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's still trying to. We're still yeah trying to trying to pull ourselves out of that, but. But so certainly DVC does hold auditions. If you go to our webpage, which I'm sure we will and talk give a nice donation right too, it's very worthwhile. Oh yeah, you that. Know. but uh, when you, know, you can certainly see any upcoming information about shows, and you can um, there'll be information on auditions for shows. I did not do formal auditions for this production because I had so many returning actors, and I had a bunch of people that were supposed to be in our original 2020 show mm-hmm. that wanted to still do the show. So I basically just transitioned everyone over into playing roles in this show. 
However, in many cases, uh, we do indeed welcome and celebrate people from the community coming to audition for shows. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, and the, the more people that we have connected to DVC um, and the more people that are in DVC that connect to the, you know, out to the community, uh, that's our goal is to, to keep, you know, that sort of thing going. We, you just said we have a, a opportunity here. We have so many people, so many uh, talented and expressive people in the arts here. And, um, you know, it would be... Support the arts here. Yeah, Just support the arts. Not Absolutely. to have them be connected. You know what you should do? Sometimes if you ever come up with it for your music, put Greg and me in a Hope and Crosby Road movie. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> We're yeah. on the road to... I can't, I can't do it. Like, literally, I respect this so much because, like, I was even... Like, one of my friends once said, why don't you go up and do stand-up between our sets? And I'm like, if I know you, I'm great. Otherwise, I'm really shy. I would go right. up there... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, my my uh, people. I respect friend. anybody who can get up in front of anybody Me and do too. this because I would mm-hmm. just, I can't. It's like, you know, it would be like a movie. You trying to even get me to do a little part. And I would, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, my best friend is a comedian, and I, I'm, she's always trying to like, get me to go up there, and I'm like, I'm not funny when I'm trying to be, all right? I'm just a jerk sometimes who threatens to hurt people. <laughs> I, I like to come up with, like, jokes and stuff, but I'd be like, why don't you say them? I'll just come right. up with the lines. I'll be the writer's guy because I don't... I have good ideas, but it's like I don't want. I'm not going to get up there and say anything. You know, it's two very different things. <laughs> yeah, Time, timing and delivery is completely different than yeah. writing the. And that's why I can do right. this because I'm among friends. I'm in a comfortable environment and everything, mm-hmm. and it's promoting our guests. It's not about us. So yeah. you know, we have like eventually we'll have you back, obviously to promote other things. But we'll, we'll talk Silver Age comics when you get more reading. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's a master of it too. Yeah, yeah. I love this stuff. <laughs> okay, great. It would be awesome, know. but this has been really great and everything. I know you have a rehearsal. Uh, yeah. yeah you, just... you rehearse because you have to rehearse if you're going to do a play. As it turns out. Yeah, sometimes You know, I you figured do. that out. You have to rehearse it. You don't just come on that night and ad lib. I'm glad Artemis is hearing this, actually. <laughs> <laughs> okay, see? <laughs> sometimes I wander off into the woods and forget that I'm not an actual woodland creature. <laughs> How do you deal with the uh, um, the memorization thing? Yeah, that's like people, I've MJ yeah. that a lot. Some people oh, that know. can't even string a sentence together, like a lot of actors, I'm sure, <laughs> memorize their lines and they're great, and you see them in person. Unless and you're like, Brando, because uh, uh, I guess what yeah. Brando used to do is he had people feed him the lines. He didn't memorize Yeah, that's them. a little yeah. awkward when you're on stage, that's, though. Right. right. Well, <laughs> Just have someone off the I mean, do you have issues? Like, what everybody says, oh, kids can't think. You know, short attention span. I can't think. I can't memorize. I don't get the guest (laughs) names right on the show half the time. Uh, Does that stop with the theater thing? I mean, do they just pour themselves into it? it Uh, Please speak from personal experience. (laughs) (laughs) So I, I definitely have you know struggled a lot with. Sometimes it comes easier, and sometimes it's you know really difficult. It, It kind of fluctuates. I, except when you're MJ, because MJ is just phenomenal at, you know, memorizing everything and doing one-person shows. I don't know how the heck to do that. Yeah. Um, but I asked her about that for her Sylvia Plath show. Right, just, yeah. How in the heck? That's crazy to me. <laughs> you got to go in a whole different zone. Yeah, guess, you yeah. do. But this, uh, but, um, yeah, it's, uh, do you think it's, now I'm interviewing you. Do you think <laughs> it has to do with the nature of the content? Was Shakespeare harder for you to memorize than, say... The, you know, more dialogue in mm. this or modern monologues. What do you think is honestly? Different? So dialogue is always going to be a little bit easier, at least for me. Um, I think because you know it's actually 
act more active listening and paying attention and you're doing the scene with someone else instead of just doing an entire monologue yourself. It's like one big prompt. If you know their yeah. lines, you'll know what you're supposed to say. Right. Yeah. And like I, you know, whenever I do have monologues or something like that, I usually will go through like memorize one line, say it over and over to myself, go to the second line, then say both lines to myself, then go to the third one and do it that okay. way. Um, so that that's definitely how I do that. But sometimes um, I could just be a little bit weird, but I think actually Shakespeare helps me a little bit because of the iambic pentameter. Yeah. I, I really enjoy doing that. Hitting the rhythm of the... Yeah. The well, I always remember, if you, think it's, if you think it's difficult, think of like Homer or like those poets where like if you read the Iliad Odyssey, there's all the flowery word because they were spoken. Yeah. And he would so speak beautiful. this whole, you know, 400 pages or whatever like we see now, but he could mm -hmm. do it. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a tricky process. And, you know, that's everyone goes to a different... I think people have different um, techniques. Yeah. Uh, there's there's the spot in dialogue where like, you're like, hey, I learned my lines. But then you're <laughs> like, oh, wait, other people are all talking right now, right. too. When do I say them? You say right. it perfectly when you're at home by yourself in front of the mirror. But as soon as you get up in front of people... Yeah, I... Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. I did... Shit. I, yeah, I did, I did like the active listening thing you said, though. I, one of the things I think that helps a lot, at least from, I mean, I don't do much acting, but I do a lot of writing, and when I'm putting <laughs> this stuff together, I think, does this line follow this other line, yeah, right? Like, I exactly. mean, it's a conversation. So if it's well-written, then hopefully it's much what easier. you're saying is is a, a product of what has been said in, to you. Yeah. So obviously there are exceptions to that, but. Of course. Whatever works for you, you know, it's like whatever. It's like, I just think it's really, you know, I really appreciate it because I couldn't, I can't remember like a page or, <laughs> or anything else. I can remember random weird stuff. You definitely can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you run this podcast. I yeah. Think. But it's been very fun. I know, as I said, you have to rehearse. And anything you have to add, Greg? Nope, I'm good. <laughs> Greg is good. All I'm right. good. I'm, I'm, good. I'm playing at the beer at the beer park this afternoon at four o'clock. Oh, nice! Oh, That's great. Oh, awesome. Well, oh, yeah. Yeah. I'll He's actually him. the manager. Oh yeah. Who? Uh, Dom. Don. Dom. Dom. Dominic. I'll have to say say hi to. Him. Yeah. Oh, very cool. But when the, this is uh, July 9th through 16th, tickets are on sale, and the website works very well. I got it my tickets. Sure does. Uh -huh. it's yeah. And there's a joke about that. Years ago, I used to just have. It might have just been me though, because I'm not a techie. I had a lot of issues <laughs> with the site, so I just say I'd call somebody up. Hey, we're coming. Just make sure put our names down. I'll pay at the door. So there's two ways. First of all, obviously, we perform at uh, Multi-Use Cultural yeah. Community Center. So Muck. At Muck. And that you can, that, that's just at www.muccc.org. Yep. And it, you'll find it. I found it. All the stuff for all of the shows that are happening. There's something going on at Muck almost every week. Yes. Yep. You should check it out. This is all kinds of community uh, groups. There's, you know, plays like ours. There's musical performances. There's, uh, you know. All, dance. All, right. There's a lot of dance going on right now. All kinds of things. And if you want to check out DVC specifically. Yay. Our website, which is dvctheater.com. Right, but make sure you spell your theater with an R E at the end, not because an e we're fancy. Because we're theater. Uh -huh. Because we, of course, well, you know, theater with the E R being a building, more or less, and theater yeah. with the R E being the the process and the experience of theater. So okay. www.dvctheater.com. 
And also, I also appreciate the arts. I was at the RPO for the finale last week, and we do have all the, unfortunately, I'll say the word, the C word with the COVID <laughs> stuff. It's all masks and everything. You have proof of vax, too? Uh, yeah. Yes. Um, so I keep muck, it in my wallet. I, it's <laughs> Muck's policy that you, um, which we fully support, that uh, you need to show uh, proof of vaccination and uh, wear masks during the performance. And in fact, Everyone in the theater, all of the actors and everyone involved in the show has to be vaccinated and wear masks at all times other than when we were actually doing the No, I really appreciate it, though. I think it's like, you know, you have to go with the times. What do you, you know? Yeah. Hopefully this will be over so we don't have another two and a half year lag. Right. (laughs) We'd like to make it to our second weekend of shows. And in order to do that, and it's going to be tricky. I mean, you know, we've got some... uh, we're gonna we're gonna hold off on our celebrations after opening weekend and all of that sort and of thing. And then we'll but, see what comes next. Let's play it by ear, right? Hopefully, we'll have the twentieth anniversary thing. Oh yeah, no, oh, I, yeah. We're fully planning on doing a show last week of October, first week of November, which we'll be happy to come in. And yes, talk to we'll you about. do as always. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then yeah, we'll and drag then, you in for two. You can talk comics on one, then stay. Love it, <laughs> love it. And we will have D and D part three eventually. COVID is, got that too. This is a lot of responsibility. Ooh. You need to speak to my agent about this. <laughs> um, That's me. But yeah, we fully expect to have. Hey, our... we gave you free candy. Keep you the owe reins us. on this guy. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> candy, popcorn, uh, you know, sushi. I take it all. I am a sushi addict, so I appreciate it. <laughs> but we're going to have. This is the irony of ironies. Go see the show; it's going to be awesome. It really is. Seven years gone. Yes, July 9th through 16th. Tickets available now. But this is ironic, as we always play music at the end. These are theater people, so we're not going to make them sing. Uh, But the 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 CD, I I don't know what you're talking about. But (laughs) that's interesting, you having a great voice, because the person I'm playing the music by is your relative, Cammy and who's a good friend of mine. And she saw the CD, she's, oh, you know Cammy? <laughs> I do, yes. Cammy is my very sweet, very amazing, super talented first cousin, and I adore her so much. Like it, it's, it's I do too. She's just great and everything. And so stay tuned in August. Her and Katie Mori have something special they have not announced. But Absolutely. thanks you both, Mario and yes, Artemis. Thanks great. a lot. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for you guys. It's cool, and we're gonna play the song Mystery Man, basically because she played it when she played with Katie and oh, And I've heard it. They're all good, but Cool. Bye. (laughs) I thought about it once to meet him in the back, back hallway, sitting on the stairs. Million miles from me, but he's somehow there to open up his mind and let me crawl inside. I get so lost when I'm in there. An opportunity that's getting hard to share. He's a mystery man. Never see him hold my hand When I ask him what he's doing He says what I want And he sings all the time And he says he's not mine And if I told him that I loved him He'd say that's just fine 
is who he likes to see. Leo, smart, spontaneous, indeed. The kind that finished school with shorter legs than me. He doesn't like to pay in restaurants. His ways do tend to scare some girls away. I would rather watch his banjo fingers play. He's a mystery man. You'll never see him hold my hand. When I ask him what he's doing, he says what I want, and he sings all the time. And he says he's not mine. And if I told him that I loved him, he'd say that's just fact. I told him that I loved him. He say that's just fine. 